1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome back to Extra Point. It's our number two here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com. Download the new KDOS 1060 app, Apple and Android, and take advantage of the listener rewards that are on the app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you on this Friday, February 17th, up until 1 o'clock today. Let's reset the scene with the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Will the Suns win their first ever championship this season with the addition of Kevin Durant. No remains out in front, but it's down just a touch here. 82% of the vote. Yes is sitting at 18%. I'm actually surprised considering I thought I was the only person in America or other countries, if that matter, or any planets that are involved. I thought I was the only person that uh, didn't like the trade at the time. So maybe people have changed their mind. <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, I... It's an interesting one because it we haven't seen him yet, right? He's still injured. So we're expecting him to come back when we're expecting him to come back like we remember him to be. But at some point, all of these injuries do have to kind of catch up to you. That's true. Even though, uh, you know, watching the Suns play defense last night, even a 50% Kevin Durant is probably going to be their best defender. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> No, that's, yeah, that's that's the best I can say there. So, yeah. And it, at one point, I think, and I mentioned this a lot during the, uh, you know, the Durant heyday, and I'm not saying, I have no idea. I don't think he's necessarily over the hill and done or whatever. But I think his defense is something that was entirely overlooked when he was, uh, you know, one of the most efficient offensive players we've ever seen. We'll get into this a little bit more in depth around 1230 today, and we'll flip this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Should ASU's Bobby Hurley be on the hot seat? No, actually, uh, his lead has grown. 60% of the vote is on the no side of things. Yes is sitting at 40%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Are U of A fans voting? Either that or the, uh, Hurley has a big family. Uh, you know, counting brothers and sisters. We, you know, his dad's a legendary high school coach, so maybe there's a family participation going on here. Fair enough. Uh, we'll get into more around Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals. We'll head on out to the phones around 12.15 to catch up with Howard Balzer of GoPHNX.com. But first, the Clippers, they did beat the Suns yesterday, 116-107, to last game before the All-Star break. Terrence Mann, he couldn't miss for the Clippers, 26 points, 10 of 12 from the floor. Paul George also had 26 points, and Kawhi Leonard had 16 points for the Suns. Suns, led by Josh Akogi, 24 points. Devin Booker contributed 19. But maybe the thing to take away from with this is uh, the emergence of Terrence Ross. He made his son's debut. He was 7 of 17 for 16 points. Yeah, I, I like Terrence Ross, and he's certainly somebody the Suns could use on this team. He can make an open shot. Uh, I liked him going all the way back to the University of Washington days. So I think that's a nice addition for sure. 
I would have much preferred to get somebody like uh, you know Eric Gordon, who played for the Clippers last night after they acquired him. And you know, he's not just a guy that scores points. He, uh, in fact, last night he had seven assists in addition to his 13 points. He's a really good player. And you know, I at the Clippers, you never really know, obviously, with George and Leonard. But if they're actually intact – uh, once the playoffs start, and you know they added Plumley also to give them at least a backup center for a while, a few minutes per game. Uh, I like the Clippers' chances of winning a championship more than I do the Suns when everybody's healthy for both teams. Well, let's dive into some numbers here from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To win the West right now, uh, the Suns soared to plus 250. They currently have a 32-28 and 28 record. The Nuggets, who have been leading the West since the start, they're sitting at plus 290. 41-18 is their record. The Clippers, as you mentioned, are plus 500. 33 and 28 is their record. So I'll stop there. Uh, does the Clippers sitting at plus 500 to win the West at all intrigue you? Nobody intrigues me right now in any NBA future market because I just need to see teams play more. Uh, maybe, I don't think, I don't remember. Actually, the last time I bet on the NBA futures market or thought about it uh, was the night that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George ended up with the Clippers. I was in Las Vegas that night. That was also the night of the earthquake uh, in Las Vegas where the summer league had to be shut down uh, for that night. Uh, That was a pretty eventful evening. (laughs) I was actually in the arena that night when they just said, okay, everybody needs to leave. (laughs) Okay, great. And then later, literally three or four hours after that, was the start of free agency, the official, the non-tampering or tampering, whatever the hell they call that. Uh, at the start of the NBA season. And by the end of the night, the Clippers had you know both those guys. And I remember going down to the sports book. I was actually staying at the Westgate. And I went down to go look, and they weren't open. And I didn't have an app so because I wasn't a, you know, not a Nevada resident. Uh, so I was kind of kind of screwed. And by the time they opened up the next morning, their odds had dropped to a number that I wasn't interested in betting. All right, so I guess your um, your experiences have changed and shaped this opinion. That's true. So, yeah, I would think if I'm going to bet anything on the futures in the NBA, I'm probably going to wait until the playoffs start or just before they start maybe, but I have no interest in doing that now. I'll continue going. The Mavericks are sitting at plus 700. 31 and 29 is their current record. I did see some report that uh, maybe LaMarcus Aldridge might be working out for the Mavericks. Yeah. I don't know. Is he a good player anymore? I don't know. He he didn't play 15 minutes anymore. So, I mean, obviously, he's got some health issues. He's had to shut down his career at least once. Uh, so the fact that I don't even, is he even played this year? He hasn't. Uh, no. Okay. I didn't think so. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine he's anything more than just a role player for them. Also, you got Luca's already missed time because of injury. Uh, he sat out the last game. At least they said he was injured. Who knows? It's the NBA. So, uh, I guess we have to assume that he actually is injured or just a decided he need, he's been here for a week. He needs some, he needs some time off. The Grizzlies are at plus 750. They have the second best record in the league, 25 and 22. But obviously they're in a little bit of an 
strange stretch of basketball on and off the court for them. The Warriors uh, rounding out what I have listed at plus 950 at 29 and 29. Flipping this over to the East conversation, the Celtics lead the way at plus 115. Their record is 42 and 17, and I believe it was yesterday. Uh, they officially took the interim tag off of their head coach, uh, Joe Mazzula, and he is now going to be the, the permanent head coach. Uh, the Bucks plus 185. They're sitting at 41 and 17, but now have to monitor the situation of Giannis as he left in the second quarter yesterday with a sprained right wrist. Budenholzer did say that the x-rays came back negative but certainly that's something to monitor and uh see if he plays in the all-star game there's no reason to risk anything if you're hurt don't play in that game that's true even though i'm not saying this is the case with Giannis, but there are some people that have been in this league in the past and currently that the all-star game is more important than the regular season to them uh and you know, russell westbrook immediately comes to mind here uh, as far as those guys uh, and he's not on a team or in the All-Star game this year. He's still not on a team, even though there's some talk about the going back to the Clippers because he and George actually have a relationship that apparently is positive. Uh, the other 76ers are in third in the odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook app at plus 650 with a 38-19 and 19 record. You know, they've been kind of quiet so far this year, like no drama. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That's a good point. That's unusual for sure. Yeah, let me go back to the Bucks for a second. If I was actually going to pick somebody as of right now uh, to win the NBA championship, they would be my choice. Uh, then you also have the Cavs sitting at plus 1,100, and the uh, Cavs are interesting because that's the Kevin Love buyout market uh, to see where he's potentially going to go, but they are sitting at 38 and 23. Yeah, they're a. Uh... Yeah, I, I stumbled into, I really wasn't even searching for this, but I stumbled into some defensive numbers. They're a tremendous defensive team. And I, I kind of get it after I saw the numbers because they, they've got some length and uh, you know they can defend the rim, I'm sure, pretty well. Then you have the Heat at plus 2,500 at 32 and 27 and the Nets at plus 5,500 at 34 and 24. The now Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson led Nets uh, to win the finals. Yeah, obviously, though, that those odds are, you know, because they've got so much money on them to begin with. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were like at one time the favorite to win the NBA because they had so much invested in the future market as far as the Nets go. That's every, correct. Every, every sports book had that going on. That's correct. To win the finals, numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the Celtics at plus 290, the Bucks at plus 430, the Suns at plus 480, the Nuggets – they get no love here. Plus 750. The Clippers at plus. And it's not like uh, it, to, to your point about how much money is on certain teams. I can't imagine the Nuggets were having a ton of preseason money on them. Uh, the Clippers at plus 1200 and the 76ers rounding things out here at plus 1400 to win the finals. Yeah, a couple things. Yeah, that the future market, just keep in mind, that's not what the, the odds maker is considering the projected actual you know odds to, you know, the. The most likely for them to win, currently, they've got so much money invested in this for literally, by the time the playoffs start, it's almost like they put up these numbers like seven seconds after the season ends uh, for the next year. So it's a whole lot of money for a long time, and it's it's literally almost a calendar year uh, from the start of an open future market in the NBA to the next. So, yeah, it's, it's a... 
a whole different dynamic. So that's the one thing to definitely take advantage, take, take, take into consideration. And going back to the Nuggets, I think that certainly some of their playoff failures uh, of the past, you know, plays a role into what uh, how they're viewed as far as a you know, possible champion this year. Right now, over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler, the weekend special certified Angus beef choice uh, New York strip steaks at $4 a pound off, pork country style ribs at $3.99 a pound, and all natural, fresh, plain, boneless, skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. $100 gift certificate could be yours. Caller number three right now, 602-260-1060. Caller number three, six. 602-260-1060. Visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, or check them out online at vonhansensmeats.net. Once again, the uh, weekend specials, certified Angus beef choice, New York strip steaks at $4 a pound off, pork country style ribs at $3.99 a pound, all natural, fresh, plain, boneless, skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Check them out at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. 602-260-1060 for caller three to the $100 gift certificate. On the other side of the break, we will catch up with Howard Balzer of gophnx.com to get his impressions of Jonathan Gannon and being coming the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. All of that is happening here on the Extra Point. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060 online at KDUS1060.com. Download the new app, KDUS 1060 Apple and Android users take advantage of our listener rewards. We're going to pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Howard Balzer making some time for us today from gophnx.com to talk all things Arizona Cardinals. Howard, Bob, and Kayla, how are you doing today? Doing well. Doing well. How are you all doing? We're doing all right. Thank you so much for the time here. And, you know, the big news, obviously, is that the Cardinals finally hired a head coach. They hired Jonathan Gannon. Uh, And let's just start with a broad question. Uh, After the opening press conference, what were your impressions about Gannon? And did anything change for you one way or another after listening to him? Well, he was he was impressive. And in the press conference, uh, as I wrote, I've. And I, I try. I've looked through the record books, and I didn't see any list of uh, records for how many uh, coaches won their press conferences, and then how successful they were as coaches. But he he was, you know, he was, he was very impressive to listen to, and you can see the energy, you can see the passion, you can see how much he loves the game, how much he loves coaching, and so nothing really changed. I you know I always felt that he was. As everyone believed, he was an up-and-comer. And, but you never know about a guy as a head coach. That's the bottom line with all of us. When no one's been a head coach before, you just never know what it's going to be like. And it takes it takes more than words, obviously, and energy and passion and all that to win games. And that's you know that's the reality in this league because it all it all sounds good in the press conference and all the buzzwords and all the right things are said and it's said all around the league when they do this. You know, they go through this dance every year, 
But the last five years, here's a little number for you. You know, the last five years, there's been 37 new coaches hired and 12 haven't even lasted three seasons. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of them only lasted two. And so when the, when the reality hits, then that, that's when you can really start uh, gauging how a head coach is going to do. But there's obviously so many factors that go into whether a head coach is going to be successful. And now he's got to find the right staff, get the right players and all that, and, and hope that it results in wins in a league where it's just hard to win games. That's just a fact. It sounds cliched, but it's true. It's hard to win games where a play here, a play there, something happens, you know, officials call, whatever it might be, you know, changes the fortune of teams. And, and that's the reality of what you deal with in the NFL on a week-to-week basis. Gannon on uh, Thursday called uh, Kyler Murray a franchise quarterback. He's being paid to be a franchise quarterback, but is Murray a franchise quarterback in your mind? He has been at times, but I think it's fair to say that it hasn't been consistently. And most of the time when it hasn't been consistently, it's because of either the players around him were hurt, like DeAndre Hopkins on a bunch of the games that he missed, or he's been hurt himself. And that's the thing that was missing yesterday. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there because I got sick Monday morning right after the Super Bowl. And so I didn't think I should be around people. But, you know, he called, he not only called him a franchise quarterback, he called him elite, an elite skill set. Michael Bidwell referred to him as elite. Yeah, and all those things you can say when he's healthy. And, and on the field, and he has the right people around him. The question is, can he stay healthy? And that's been my biggest question for, for quite a while. He's small, and he's had seven injuries in four seasons with five of them to his legs. So it's one thing trying to get the most out of your elite quarterback, but you better be able to, you better hope that he's going to stay healthy because without that, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's, you know, that's the big question. I would, I, I would have asked something along those lines because no, you know, no one ever followed up and asked about Murray and his injuries. Is there a concern? And, you know, and all those things. I asked Michael Bidwell about that the day that Cliff Kingsbury was fired. And, or maybe it was when he you know, it was the day when Cliff Kingsbury was fired. And he danced around the question about Kyle's, Kyler Murray's style of quarterbacking and the fact that he's small. And he basically didn't answer it. So I think those remain questions a aside from when he'll be able to play this coming season but again whether he'll be able to stay how how long will he be able to stay on the field you hope you hope maybe the injuries are behind them but obviously we know there's never a guarantee Howard Balzer, gophnx.com, with us here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, Monty Austinfort mentioned that Gannon's scouting background as something that was a positive, and obviously Monty comes from a strong scouting background as well. This seems to be a really big emphasis with the Cardinals. Does that suggest to you that this team really needs to start hitting and obtaining some homegrown talent? Oh, no question about that. I mean, that's still the draft is still the lifeblood of your team, and certainly there's many other ways to add to your roster, obviously, whether it's free agency, whether it's trades, whatever it is. Sometimes you get you, know, you get fortunate and the guy's cut by another team. You bring him over and he's, he plays well for you. That that happens you know, on the frequent occasions in the NFL. So there's a lot of ways to build a roster. But you know the key is, and, and what definitely appears the case here, is that 
and not to say that it wasn't in the past, but it definitely seems to be the case here that Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osenforth will be on the same page in terms of what they are looking for, the type of players and all those things. Then it comes down to the coaches coaching them and the the players executing the way they're supposed to. And so that that will be a key. The collaboration between the the coaches, the head coach, and and the personnel staff is always vital uh, for any franchise. And so, yeah, you've got to hit on picks. You've got to not only the early round ones, but, you know, guys picking the later rounds. A lot of teams, you look at their rosters and you see guys taking the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that, that become, you know, pretty good players. Doesn't happen all the time, but you need those guys also. And so that will tell the tale of this, uh, this new, you know, the, this new leadership of the team. And we won't know right away, but uh, we'll, we'll know in due time whether, whether the guys they're bringing in will, you know, will be, will be good enough to get this team rever- reversing what happened last year. And obviously, you know, a big part of reversing it is not only Kyler Murray staying healthy, it's the roster uh, staying healthy. I mean, I looked at the Chiefs and the Eagles, obviously, who just played in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs ended the season with three players on injured reserve, one of whom was a starter. The Eagles had seven, one of whom was a starter. And that, that obviously is the other, the other side of the spectrum from the Cardinals that finished the season with 18 players on injured reserve, nine of whom were starters. And so that's a big thing in terms of the health of your team. It's not only the quarterback, it's for your entire roster. And those teams had most of their main – they had a, virtually all their main guys together the entire season, and that was shown – and what they what their record was through the season, and both of them advancing to the Super Bowl. You're back to the team building thing and the quarterback thing. Uh, you know, obviously Murray's not going to start the season. Did we just assume Colt McCoy's returning next season? I, I don't know if we can assume anything right now, Bobby. Really, I mean, you know, McCoy's a good backup to have, but we also know that you know the, the Gardner Minshew, who was the backup of the Eagles last year, he's a free agent. Obviously, don't know what. Jonathan Gannon thinks of him, and he had some rocky time. You know, he, he played two games, and the Eagles lost them both when uh, Jalen Hurts uh, was out. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think that anything – well, I shouldn't say anything is a given, uh, but I, I don't know that you can, you can count on a whole lot with what this roster is going to look, you know, look like, let's say, when we get to training camp because there, there's, there's always changes in every team every season, even the winning team. But when a team loses – and changes coach and general manager, that results a lot of times in a lot of change on the roster. And so it'll be very, very interesting to see all the changes that are made and, like I said, what this roster looks like when they uh, hit the training camp at the end of July. Howard Balzer, gophnx.com here on KDOS AM 1060. It's funny you mentioned training camp. Uh, that also seemed to be this this prevailing thought that training camp didn't go the way that they wanted it to go. There were some injuries, but then also it was kind of more just of a, a lackluster and that they weren't able to be ready to go from day one. And that seems to be an emphasis that Jonathan Gannon is going to come in with a, a completely different approach to get this team ready to go. It's interesting, Kayla, because there were a lot of injuries in training camp, and a lot of main guys didn't practice because of that. Then you had D.J. Humphreys, who wasn't practicing because he wanted a new contract, Marcus Golden. So there were a lot of keepers. Kyler Murray had a wrist injury, 
and then he had COVID. Uh, so he had limited uh, practice time. Marquise Brown opened training camp, a new player, with a hamstring uh, injury. So that, a lot of that was part of it. I, I think a little bit of the whole country club atmosphere thing is a little bit overblown because it's really not that much different than what goes on in most teams around the NFL because you're only allowed to wear pads on a certain number of days. It's not like the training camps of the old days. And so I think one thing that was interesting, I don't know if you guys caught when uh, Austin Ford said something about, you know, always you know, always being energetic, always, in, always being passionate, living in the moment. And he says, like, if you're at week three in training camp and everybody's tired and it's a bit hot. And as soon as he said that, I thought, well, you don't have to worry about that here because it's never hot in training camp because they practice inside in State Farm Stadium for good reason, obviously. But you, you wonder what he will feel about that because it, it's certainly, you know, you, you never have a practice when it's, when it's really hot and the players are dragging and they really have to push to get through it. And so that's, that's not the case there. How much that contributed, who knows? But, hey, they've won games in the past in seasons when they were still practicing there. So I think what ends up happening, I see this all the time. I, you know, we, we, Bobby, we both follow the league for a long, long time. Yeah. And I think when things are done a certain way by the coach or training camp, whatever it is, and the team's winning, everybody says, well, that's a good way to be. And as soon as they start losing, all of a sudden, well, that's not the right way to be. You know, so I think it's always looking for these reasons why, why things happen some of them that I think are overblown and aren't that big a part of it. So I'm sure he's going to work these guys. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But, hey, when you have injuries, you have injuries, and there's just no there's just no way around that. Will DeAndre Hopkins be on this team next season? You know, I, my, my guess would probably be no, but we certainly, you know, I've seen reports that there's going to be teams clamoring for his services. I'm sure there'll be interest in teams. But we all have to be realistic about it. The guys get, He's going to be 31 in June. He has a big contract, and he's had injuries the last two seasons. And so, and with the contract, when you have a big contract, that always affects what a team will be willing to offer in draft choice compensation. So there will be teams that are interested, but I'm not so sure they're going to be offering a package of what the, uh, what the Cardinals want. And so, or hope to get. And so, now, if DeAndre Hopkins is dead set on, I don't want to be here. I want to go somewhere where I know we're going to win. I don't want to be a part of a you know a new regime or anything like that. Then that changes the parameters of it. But you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Jonathan Gannon feels he's more value to the team being on the field. He talked about being explosive. He talked about you know being all these things on offense and defense. Well, if DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, who are they going to be explosive with? And so I think that becomes a big question because if he's not there, creates another hole on a roster that has numerous ones entering this offseason. So if he would still be willing to be here, I'm not, I'm not predicting it'll happen. I don't think it's out of the question that he could stay. But if he leaves, that obviously creates an issue. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not convinced that they'll get real good value for him because of the other points I brought up. You mentioned uh, those pillars, uh, adaptable, violent, explosive, smart. Those are the things that uh, Jonathan Gannon wants to have this Arizona Cardinals team be about and play with. Uh, 
it kind of to your point here about DeAndre Hopkins, the injury with Kyler Murray, just a lot of question marks. Does it almost seem like it's setting itself up for it? it it doesn't really matter what happens in year one because some of the key things that he wants to instill, the pieces may not be be there for it to take place. It, it very well could. And I think it's a dangerous way to go because I think it's fair to say that if, you know, whatever the record is after six games, if Hopkins isn't there and obviously Murray probably won't be, and if you have a bad record, you know that there's going to be a certain portion of the outside noise, which is good to hear Jonathan Gannon say he doesn't pay attention to it because that's the only way you can really operate because so much of the outside noise isn't very knowledgeable. It's just knee-jerk emotional responses. But you know some of those will be, oh, boy, they picked the wrong guy. They picked the wrong guy. And people say, well, they don't have Murray. They don't have Hopkins. And people say, well, who cares? You know, you got to coach the guys you have. You know, it's just injuries are an excuse. And, and that's what, you know, the vocal negative minority uh, will, will often say. And so, but I, I think that could be part of what the diminished expectations should be uh, for this team going into the season. Now, obviously, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. What, you know, what are the draft picks going to be? You know, who are the players going to be? Will they be active in free agency? I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe if Hopkins leaves, they can, you know, they can put, you know, get it, get somebody else that's a, a top line receiver. But it's unlikely that it would be anybody even close to resembling DeAndre Hopkins. So there, there's still some good foundation of players on this team. But you know, who knows? Can they, will they re-sign Zach Allen? Will they re-sign Byron Murphy Jr.? You know, there's so many of these questions that we don't have the answers for yet. That it'll take some time before we can really let it play out and and see what we feel about this team when July rolls around. Last one for me. We haven't talked since Austin Fort got hired. So what was your initial impression about him, and has that you know, changed anything in the last you know two weeks? <laughs> well, you know, he does, he does seem to you know, have a lot of people who have supported him. He seems to have a good handle on the whole personnel process in the places that he's been. And, you know, obviously I, I think this – you know, he had his eye on Jonathan Gadden all along for this hire. And while we were all lamenting, why is this taking so long? Why is this taking so long? Obviously, they were waiting for Jonathan Gadden to be available to interview. And that could only happen after after his team was eliminated from the playoffs. And so now they have it. He, he's got to put together a good staff. And certainly some of the guys that have been asked to interview, requested to be interviewed, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty young staff. That doesn't. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but and you, you better you better be able to jump in it quickly. But I think I think Austin Ford has a. It looks like he has a pretty good handle on the pro, personnel process. Keeping in mind that he ha, he has to work with most of the same personnel people that Steve Kime worked with, because yeah, he did bring in his own uh, assistant general manager from the Lions. Uh, but aside from that, you know, scouts don't leave teams before the draft because of contract situation. Other guys in the scouting department, you know, they don't switch teams for the most part during this period of time because of contracts and teams don't want you know, having a guy take all the work he did for your team, taking it to another team. You know, those changes usually happen after the draft. So he's got to go through this and he'll be evaluating, obviously, all the scouts that are there and seeing which ones he wants to keep, which ones he wants to move on from. But 
that's obviously going to be something to watch as Jonathan Gannon builds a coaching staff and a team for his first time, and Monty Ossenfort does it for the first time because there's a lot of people that you know, you'll hire. Here's a little number for you that I had checked out. Last, last season, including Steve Kime, there were uh, – I'm trying to remember the number. There were 20, uh, 20, uh, 20 members of the personnel staff that had, aside from scouts, that had titles, and 13 scouts. So that, that's, a, that's a pretty big uh, – you know, that's a pretty large number of people uh, mm-hmm. that there are doing a variety of – of jobs, and maybe I'm remember it might not be as high as 20, but it's a pretty darn big number of what that personnel staff, including scouts, uh, is made up of, and he's responsible for all of them. And so that's going that's going to determine how he does, obviously, in this first shot at being a general manager, and his his era will probably be defined by this Jonathan Gannon Gannon hire, because I think that, like I said, he was his guy all along, and that's who he wanted to hire. I think from the very beginning. Howard, we greatly appreciate you taking some time with us. Feel better, and we'll catch up with you in the offseason. Sounds good. Always enjoy coming on with you guys. Take care. Thank you. Once again, he is Howard Balzer, and you can follow his work over at gophnx.com. He does bring up a point here about how it was taking so long to get this process done. And, you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, there was a window for Jonathan Gannon to be uh, interviewed. But that window actually didn't exist because Monty Austin Fort hadn't been hired yet. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, I, I've lost track over the years how they, they change these windows from year to year. I have no idea what's what anymore as far as the window of opportunity. Now they're saying that the no coach is going to get hired until after the Super Bowl next year. Really? They're saying that? That's been speculated. It was talked about a lot last weekend, in fact. So then it really puts an emphasis on making sure you get the hire right so you don't have an insane turnover all the time. You would hope so. That's actually maybe not a bad idea. <laughs> we answer poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. Balzer for his time. Go phnx.com to find his work. And if you missed the conversation that we had with Howard, you can always podcast over at kdos1060.com. Welcome back. It is the extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until one o'clock, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays on this Friday, February 17th. It's now that time to answer today's poll questions, and we'll first start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Will the Suns win their first ever championship this season with the addition of Kevin Durant? Yes or no, Bob? Uh, I think I'm pretty outspoken on this if people have listened occasionally. Uh, we didn't get into this in tremendous detail last week because obviously we were, you, know, you were doing the radio row thing, and we did all Super Bowl and NFL things last week on – Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday after the trade was, of course, uh, consummated on late Wednesday night and Thursday and so forth. But I just don't understand how this is going to work out. And if I'm wrong, 
uh, you know, that's good. There'll be a parade if I'm wrong and everybody will be happy here. I'm not rooting against this, uh, but I just don't know how they're going to stop anybody. And I have real questions about their bench, uh, which I kind of did before. But now I don't know, you know, back to that stopping people, like, you know, Bridges and uh, I've heard of the, ar- the argument that Cam Johnson might have been their second best player before the trade. So I, I just don't know how they're going to stop people. And last night, the Clippers had 116 points and shot roughly 50% from the field, and, and that, that was a low, that was a you know slow tempo game. It wasn't like they were running up and down the floor. They're going to be playing opponents at some point here. They're going to be much more up tempo, and I just don't know how they're going to stop enough people to win games in the postseason. If the roster stays as it is, I know there's still buyout market opportunities here, so I am going to give the caveat that uh, my answer could potentially change. But as it is right now, I know Terrence Ross, he showed some promise last night, but if there are no more additions with about 20 games to go, Still unsure at the timetable for KD to return. Maybe they know the timetable. They're just not letting us know. Uh, I would lean in the direction that there's a lot that's going to have to happen in order for this team to win as it's currently constructed. So I would say no. Yeah, I'll just add one more thing. It kind of sounded like last night during the TNT broadcast that uh, they are hoping, at least hoping, and then maybe not quite anticipating, but hoping that Durant does return next Friday when they play again after they come back from the break when they play Oklahoma City here. Well, there's been an increase in the yeses, but no still out in front here with a commanding lead at 75% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 25%, but that's the closest it's been all show long. On Twitter, at KDUSAM1060, should ASU's Bobby Hurley be on the hot seat? Yes or no? Uh, Bobby Hurley is 136 and 108 in his time at ASU. He's 69 and 73, though, in Pac-12 play. Only two tournament appearances. I understand that 2020 was going to be a year for ASU. It was all set up in front of them to have a fantastic potential at a tournament run, see where this team could really go and what they could accomplish. And then COVID ended the Pac-12 tournament and everything ended at that particular point in time. And they just haven't been able to get their footing since then. Um, When it comes to his contract situation his contract does run through june of 2024 because i was just curious if they really had enough money to be able to buy him out and then hire a new head coach with all of the decisions that have recently been made surrounding the football program but i do think that in general uh his time here at asu has not really risen the program to the heights and the expectations that you thought he could take it to I agree with that. You know, I didn't even think about this question, quite frankly, until watching the game last night. And that was a terrible loss last night. Colorado's, you know, not good. They've got a couple of really good players, but that's about it. They'd won one road game the entire season until last night. And you know, you can make a case. I know that they rallied and you know they ran away at the end, but you can, you know, if you just watch that game, you wouldn't know which team was, you know, supposedly you know, possibly on the NCAA tournament bubble and which team is their season was over weeks ago. Uh, so that's just kind of, kind of the inspiration of the question. I think all the things you said, and I just, I just don't know what direction this program is going in right now. 
The masses, though, are on the no side of things here at 55.2% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 44.8%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Uh, as a reminder here, today was Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's. You can always visit them over at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler, and I am trying to find the weekend specials here, and they have completely disappeared on me. I remember lots, there were lots was, of goodies. I remember lots of goodies. There, there was uh, yeah. some. I remember. Here we go. Here we go. The certified Angus beef choice New York strip steaks at four dollars a pound off. The pork country style ribs at three ninety nine a pound, and the all natural fresh plain boneless skinless chicken breast at four ninety nine a pound. That's the one I remembered because it was such a a tongue twister here. The plain boneless skinless chicken breast at four ninety nine a pound. But regardless, visit them two three nine zero North Alma School in Chandler, or check them out online at vonhansensmeats.net. Bob and I wrap up this Friday, February 17th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. Final segment of today's Extra Point, Friday, February 17th, here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And now with the new KDOS 1060 app on Apple and Android. But it is thank you time. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Bob, take it away. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever. And whatever else, sip the cracks. Also, our guest today, NFL Power Rankings and NFL Offseason Discussion with Bo Wolf of The Athletic. Got into the Cardinals right away because he has the Cardinals number 32 in a 32-team league. And speaking of the Cardinals, we talked with Howard Balzer of Go PNX. PNNX. I'm never going to get this right. Uh, .com. I got that .com part right. Uh, and uh, about the Cardinals uh, offseason and what we've uh, – what his, he thinks so far of uh, obviously their hirings of Gannon and Austin Ford to date. A sound of the day courtesy of uh, the Phoenix Suns, Pac-12 Network, the Arizona Cardinals, CBS Sports, TNT, and Big Ten Network. And uh, as always, thanks to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next from 1 to 3 o'clock, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Who with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. In addition to that, uh, ASU baseball, some scheduling changes. We were slated to have Friday's action tonight here on KDOS AM 1060, but instead we will be carrying Saturday's game versus San Diego State. That is an afternoon game, pregame 1245 and pitch at 1 p.m. here on KDOS AM 1060. In addition to that, Saturday, NAU men's basketball is taken on Idaho. Pregame 1230 p.m. tip at 1 over 
over on KAZG 1440 AM. And Sunday, ASU Women's Basketball is hosting Utah pregame at 1130 AM and tip at noon back here on KDUS AM 1060. I don't know if you saw this report. Uh, CNBC from earlier in the week is reporting that NBC will put forth a, quote, aggressive bid for NBA rights. The NBA had, or NBC had the NBA from 1990 to 2002. Then the NBA has been with ABC and ESPN since 2002. Regular season games this year are averaging 1.6 million viewers across ABC, ESPN, and TNT this season. But... Does the music for the NBA get any better than when it was on NBC? That's true. About the only thing I you remember the music. That's a good point about the music. I was going to say the only thing I really remember is Isaiah Thomas was one of their commentators and didn't quite offer a whole lot, in my opinion. But he always used to get kind of the closing thing before they went to break. You're, you're watching the NBA on NBC. That's kind of what I remember. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess it all goes nicely together. It does. The NBA on NBC. So we'll see if they're able to uh, pull off that bid. Because I think there's also something that uh, like ABC and ESPN, as well as TNT, because they're current uh, broadcasters, they can begin negotiating much sooner than any other potential uh, media entity of interest. So they'll have first first crack at it. Makes sense. And obviously... You know, though they've done. I think they do a really good job covering the NBA too. Uh, you know, the ESPN slash ABC combo, and then uh, as much as I don't, kind of drives me crazy. I don't watch the studio show for TNT, but they've won seven million awards for their studio show. So obviously, I'm in the minority there. But I do really like some of the TNT broadcast teams. You know, Ernie Johnson does a phenomenal job oh, of moving that set around and, and getting everybody reeling them back in when they get a little out of control. Uh, so yeah. he does a fantastic job with his responsibilities there. I, I agree with that. He, I think he does a good job of pretty much anything he does because he's got a similar cast of characters uh, when he does the, uh, you know, the, 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 ML, the MLB uh, studio shows also. So. That dude's got a rough job, in my opinion. <laughs> He's got a lot of people to control that don't want to be controlled sometimes. That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and the new app KDOS 1060 on Apple and Android. We'll leave you with this here for the Genesis Invitational Tiger Woods. He is one over par through 16, so he's one under par for the tournament, sitting in a tie for 40th position. So we'll see if he can get himself back to even on the day before his round concludes. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Sports Zone with Bob Kemp gets everything started for us on Monday morning at 10 a.m.